Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. Hello. Hello, Michelle. Hello. We've been on a Marcel two-week hunt, it seems. <laughs> I know. And we're, we're back, though, so for those of you joining us from the Marcel series, this is our regular show. So it's a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of a shorter show today, but we are the Musty Collective, creatives on a journey to better storytelling. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty in here. Today we're going to just talk about story. Hmm, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, it's a little refreshing, but again, a very short take. Maybe yes. it will extend to longer takes in the future. Without further ado, let's start the show. Politics have always been a big topic of discussion, and with all of the craziness that's happened over the last few years, a lot of people are fearful of bringing up the topic because it's just so tense. But you mentioned something to me the other day that was really eye-opening. Can you share what you told me about politics and storytelling? Yes. Can I share? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I, I can share. It's not really a hot take. And I am definitely not the one who first said it in this format. But I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's really it's it's really just like my thought about like ugh, how annoying for me, for me, in my own perspective, listen, for those of you listening who are about to disagree with me vehemently, it's annoying for me. I respect what you think, but it's <laughs> annoying for me when I hear things like statements like wokeism, whatever wokeism is, has destroyed or is destroying Hollywood, right? This whole idea that things were better back in the old days, mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s, <laughs> back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Was that really the good old days? Back in the 80s, I don't know. Back in the 70s, was that really the good old days? Mm. So it's just really annoying. I've been I've been seeing a lot of vlogs. Maybe I just need to stop watching vlogs. Either vlogs or interviews with people and see the occasional article title here and there. And then have the occasional conversation with a person, a human person, in person, about like, Oh, politics and all this stuff is destroying Hollywood or making films not fun. And it's just really annoying. Mm-hmm. Because like the focus is the idea that politics in storytelling is destroying filmmaking or storytelling or TV or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That it's all of a sudden the 2022 politics or the 2017 politics or the 2014 politics the 2012 politics, like it's all of a sudden the politics that 
we have infused into storytelling now because we have never had political films in the past, like a film that I enjoy, but it is a political film. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, right? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden now, the politics is destroying everything. Hmm. And so I heard this great take. I was listening to a podcast Monday morning and it's from the podcast, Write Your Screenplay podcast by Jacob Kruger. And essentially his main thesis at the beginning of, of this episode was all writing is political. All mm -hmm. of it. Every bit of writing is political. Hmm. And you're like, whoa, how is that possible? How is it all political? Right? And he kind of broke it down, so I don't want to steal all of it. I don't want to, like, take it. You should just listen to it, and we'll have it in the show notes. But the, the main reason is because politics, which is, and I grabbed this definition from Marianne Webster online, politics being that the, it's the total complex of relations between people living in society, or in a non-fancy way of saying it, politics is how you should live. In a society, whether small like the office or church politics or big like your city, state or nation politics. So like everything is politics in the sense of writing, because everything that is written is either instructional about how you should live, like from a nonfiction standpoint, like the idea of your owner's manual, like it tells you how to take care of your car. Mm -hmm. That is politics. That is telling you how you should function in society with other people. So it's not just Republican versus Democrat. No, like if now if you live in a society of one by yourself, then you don't need to worry about politics. But if you live with other people, which we all 100 percent do. Mm -hmm. Right. For the most, I guess there, there are the stragglers out there who live by themselves. But if you live in society, then there's politics governing and telling you how you should and should not live. And mm -hmm. now it's like the crux of the statement behind all writing is politics. If you go to fiction and you think like, well, how is Star Wars telling like infused politics? I mean, there's like certain levels and deep layers you can go about it. I mean, there's so many stories talking about the fact that George Lucas based the first Star Wars movie on the Vietnam War. Obviously, the prequels are based on the Iraq War. I mean, there's so many things instilled in that. So the good old days still had politics in it. Mm -hmm. I just think every decade had politics in it, in my opinion. Yeah. And... I think the only reason why people may start to say stuff like, oh, politics or identity politics or wokeism is we're in Hollywood today is because they just don't agree with the politics. Like they don't agree with how they're being told to live. And, and, th and that's OK. Like if you disagree, but then all of a sudden to say it's destroying Hollywood, like uh, it's just, <laughs> you know, Disney, Disney's raking in billions of dollars mm -hmm. like in the past, what, five years? Yeah. There are billions of dollars they're raking in. Like, even during this phase four that we talked about a little bit in our Thor and Love and Thunder podcast, like, Disney is still raking in over a billion dollars, over $2 billion in total with all the movies that have come out. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, all these movies, even Thor, Love and Thunder, globally has reached, like, like almost $700 million as of this last, like, this last weekend. Wow. And that's supposed to be a terrible movie. <laughs> and it's still raking in seven. I mean, if 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 it's destroying politics, uh, it's destroying Hollywood. It's like I'm not seeing it by the numbers. A little bit of a take there. Mm -hmm. All writing is politics. 
your story, the person down the street story is filled with ways and how you should and should not live. But couldn't you say that movies have definitely been more direct with their messaging? Like lots of films talk about current news in some way, whether it's direct or indirect. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing that today. For instance, like I forget the director's name. I think you'll know this director's name, but Don't Look Up is definitely like a take on climate change. Mm -hmm. And great. I mean, I thought it was a great film. A little a little annoying, very on the nose. Mm -hmm. But that, yes, like there, there are films going very direct. I can't think. I mean, but then I go back to Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I mean, even going back to a more classic film, Casablanca, that film has politics infusing because I think it's during the the Second World War. Hmm. Right? Like the whole French resistance and it's 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 instilling in us that it, like Nazism is bad and even though we're not French, I'm not I'm not French watching that movie, I feel and empathize and sympathize with the plight of the French people as they sing their their national anthem trying to drown out the the Nazi Germans at that point in time mm -hmm. in in the little nightclub, right? Yeah. You go to Roman Holiday, another classic film where I'm just, these are all the films that I know. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot more of them, but another classic film, like it, politics governs the whole relationship between Gregory Peck and um, that one old lady. Audrey Hepburn. Uh, Audrey Hepburn, right? Politics governs the fact that like as queen or queen to be or princess to be or whatever it is, she can't be in a relationship, in a romantic relationship with the commoner. Mm-hmm. Right? So what politics is not in your storytelling? Like, in what ways are you telling people how and how to live and how not to live? Hmm. So, yeah, I just, I say bullocks to all that, <laughs> right? And if people are just upset because they're not having a good enough time, like, for instance, people who keep, uh, people keep talking about how great Tom Cruise's movie Top Gun Maverick is. Uh-huh. Well, that's because it didn't say anything to you. Hmm. It didn't challenge you on anything. It's a great film, very successful, but it, there wasn't much that it tried to tell you. That is true. I mean, it, yeah, it was like there weren't too many messages in specific areas, whether left or right or up or down or whatever. Well, and when like, I mean when I mean by messages, I'll be clear. Like there is a message the film is telling you, mm -hmm. right? That the good guys are always going to win. And you got to be a maverick to win the day and, and buck whatever your leaders, your leadership says. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's messages at play. But I, what I mean is they're all messages that feel comfortable to the American psyche at this point in time. Yeah. Right. And there's no there's no messages that feel uncomfortable in that in that story. Mm -hmm. They almost had a moment. And if these are spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, stop listening. There was almost a moment that made that could have made us uncomfortable that there is loss and there's responsibility and there are consequences in war. When Tom Cruise's plane goes down, we're like, we're faced with the consequence that even though we, we really like this character Maverick and he's amazing and he's done his job to the, to the ump degree mm -hmm. that he's actually going to lose his life on this mission. Yeah. But then what happens? It becomes a buddy cop movie. <laughs> Rooster comes in and saves him. They have a little laughter together on the snow they slap each other's butts and get into a plane. They just <laughs> just saunter onto a onto a uh, an enemy airstrip. No one sees them. No one shoots at them before they get into the protected cover of the plane. That is true. They get a working plane work like going, 
they get the fuel going, everything works just fine, and they get out. And at the end, they have uh, Hangman, right? Hangman comes in to save them. Mm-hmm. Great line. Hangman had a great line. Great smile. Love that. <laughs> great actor. Wonderful. It was fun. Yeah. But you're not challenged. Don't look up. Everything, everywhere, all at once challenges you. These are films that challenge you. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, does that challenge you? Not really. Yeah. So I'm not saying, like, it's all good and gravy, and we can say certain films are better than others. A lot of people like the Batman. I I thought it was a very good film. And it and actually does, it, there's some challenging moments in there. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it kind of, it kind of massages the challenging moments a little bit more than I would say a Don't Look Up or Everything Never All at Once. Mm-hmm. Elvis is another good film. Yeah. Challenges you. Nope. Challenges you. Like, so even though Top Gun Maverick is going to be the most, is going to be the top grossing film of this year, most likely. And hey, hoorah, go America. Like, it doesn't say anything that mm-hmm. would make you uncomfortable. And is that really... This is maybe a hot take and nothing against the production crew and anything. Y'all did a great job. But is that really storytelling? Because that sound to me, that sounds like an episode of Barney and Friends. Don't so, diss Barney and Friends. No, I'm just saying it's like a bunch of I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. No, but OK. So I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Go ahead. Storytelling is storytelling. No matter how small. Um, what do you mean by that? Stealing a little bit from Dr. Seuss. But the so regardless of how watered down something might be or like how extreme a story might be, it's still telling something. It's still telling a story. And you can't say it's not a story just because it doesn't like make you feel convicted in some way or it doesn't like challenge you. It's still telling a story. It might not be a great story or it might not be um, critically acclaimed or whatever, but you can't like decategorize it as a story. Okay. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It just, just, it's not a com- question. It might not be compel- a compelling story, but you have to add that adverb to it, but it's still a story. It's just what kind of a story. And even Barney tells stories because each episode is a different theme about friendship and family and love. You're just talking about the theme song, but even the theme song has a story to it. So Yeah, but it's it's meant for children, quote unquote, meant for. It doesn't challenge them in any way emotionally. I it think comfort, it does. It comforts them. I think it challenges them because it talks about sharing and it talks about like how what to do when you don't want to share and you have to share and like how to deal with that or how to deal with like problems in your family. It ta- well, right. They talk I mean, about it, that stuff. It, uh, I'll go to another metaphor here. It challenges you. It challenges you in the sense that when you eat ice cream, comfort food, your body is still challenged with the fact that it has to digest it, right? It has to go through that process and has to go through all the the stomach and the intestinal tract and soak up whatever nutrients you can get out of ice cream and put it into the bloodstream so your body can use it. So that there is a challenge in it. Yes. But it's still what we would call today as comfort food. Right. And so I was posing a question. Is that really storytelling? I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm posing a question. And in that state of like, whether it is or not, I'm just saying 
it's storytelling as comfort food. And if and if society today in 2022 is coming to the conclusion based on the dollars that are spent, I you know that's all I can judge it on. Top Gun Maverick is going to be the highest grossing film worldwide this year. People spent their money on escapism and they spent their money. I, I spent my money on comfort food. But doesn't that And that's that, the like, best that we can do because we do not want to challenge ourselves. But doesn't that go against what your first argument about how all storytelling is political? No, it, no, it's still political. It still had a message. I, I was just, I'm just saying that when people, people are going to point to Top Gun Maverick as they're going to say stuff like, they're already saying this stuff like, Top Gun Maverick is going to win Oscars, it's going to win this, it's going to get nominated for this and that, mm -hmm. and it's going to be told as the movie that helped to unite us in the movie theater for two and a half hours when nothing else could. And it was a well-told story, and it didn't trounce on the characters of the past, which actually I do appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I thought the scene with Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer um, his character's name is not Hangman, it's something else. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But that was a beautiful scene, mm -hmm. right? It's going to be heralded as like, this is what you this is what you shouldn't do, right? Go woke, go broke. You, they didn't go woke and they they won. Mm -hmm. They made all the monies. I'm just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, this is what's going to be talked about. Mm -hmm. This is, the, this is, this is the, the history, the legacy that this film leaves behind. Mm -hmm. That if you do it the right way, whatever that way is for you, how you see it in this movie then you're telling you're telling correct stories hmm. and it, it is a story and it is political but it's also comfort food that's ultimately what i'm trying to get to okay In the end, if we're just happy with comfort food, hey, that's fine. But let's let's remove the lie mm -hmm. that it's destroying Hollywood. Whether you like Hollywood or don't like Hollywood, like Hollywood or whatever you think is Hollywood, because they film a lot in Georgia now. You uh -huh. could say Georgia, <laughs> Georgia. Like you could you could you could say Georgia now, mm -hmm. right? Storytelling. Filmmaking, television programming is still the biggest influence in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Whether you agree with the stories being told here or there or wherever, whether you spend money in the movie theater or not, like you have to agree that in 2022, it's not, it has not been destroyed. I think too, like if you look back at the history of cinema, there were always films that people could argue were like ruining the morals and values of America or whatever. And I'm so glad you brought that point because that's ultimately what people are getting to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I can't name anything off the top of my head right now cause I didn't prepare, but like, um, there, there are always films done by certain artists in the film industry that were going against the grain of what um, 
society thought was normal or how things should go. And then they paved the way for more and more artists doing the same thing now in the future. So it's kind of like, I don't know, this whole idea that and back then those were the good old days and that's when we had morals and that's when society was good. It's like we always were doing this. It's just evolving as our society evolves. Yeah, I again, before Star Wars came out, the first Star Wars 1977, in the documentary Empire Dreams, it was a big part, or not a big part, but it was heavily mentioned that what Star Wars did was lift us out of the doldrums of the Vietnam War, the the Nixon trial, and all the issues going on. And also the anti-hero films that were coming out, like The Godfather, the Alfred Hitchcock's film, Hitchcock films, even though he's a little bit older mm-hmm. than The Godfather. But all these films that reminded us of how bad things were. Yeah. Right? And so that I was going to mention, I haven't watched any of his films, but from what I've heard about his films in history and the little bit I've seen from them, like the clips, the, these were movies that at the time were, were challenging, like, the morals, quote unquote, morals of American society, mm-hmm. right? They weren't f- accepted by every by everywhere. Yeah. Right, and so, I mean, now, it they kind of are, which is kind of weird, to think about. But I would say also, The Godfather is another one of those movies that challenged mm-hmm. morals in society. It kind of introduced a lot of the the evils. A society into film mm-hmm. goers' minds. Taxi drivers and taxi one. the taxi drivers exactly like again not saying the filmmakers or the production crews are themselves are immoral but but how they were received and re- like mm-hmm. they t- were controversial exactly exactly and when and when we say politics is ruining this or politics is ruining that let's be specific about what that means right the way they're telling you how to live and how not to live that's mm-hmm. what you're that's what you're concerned about yeah. Yeah, I just had a lot of fun. It's a great podcast, so we'll put it in the show notes again and listen to it. And Jacob Kruger actually does a great job like explaining what he means by it, gives you some actionable steps and kind of gives some examples of his own from his own screenplay writing. So mm-hmm. it was a fun episode. And it's not that long. It's like it's like twenty minutes. Yeah. So it's a good time. All right, well, that was fun. That was, that was short, like we said. And if you enjoy this kind of content, let us know by listening to the film or listening to the podcast. <laughs> Just telling us what you think on our different social medias or sending us an email. If you didn't like it, then let us know, too. Then we'll stop, maybe. <laughs> Doing this kind of stuff. But anyways, on our next episode, it's going to be in two weeks. We are going to discuss Illusory and the film festival circuit that it's on. You've been following us. We've been getting a lot of notoriety. And Michelle and the rest of the crew, great job. Thank you. And yeah, the film is touring all over the world. Yeah. Kind of wish we could go along with it. <laughs> yeah, but we'll yeah we'll talk about which film festivals it got into, which awards it won, and all that good stuff. Yeah, and then I'll be asking some pointed questions to Michelle about the process behind making the illusory. Also, you know. What is the theme of Illusory? I kind of want to delve into that with you, Michelle. So mm-hmm. be ready for that. Okay. And if you didn't know, if you're like, what is Illusory? Illusory is our very own film. Yes. Oh, so if you want to prepare for the episode, 
You can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash musty creative. And if you donate to our page, we'll share the link to the movie with you. And then you can watch the film and then hear us talk about it afterwards. If you want to be featured as a guest on our show, you can email us at themustycreative at gmail.com and tell us your story. And as always, a big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. If you want to become a financial supporter of our show, again, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash mustycreative. And that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now it's time to shower up. them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.